I've been composing film scores for almost 30 years now. Back in the 60s, I worked for Lean and Hitchcock and Kubrick, you name them. <laughs> they loved my music. Then, in the 70s, I don't know what it was, really. Fashions changed and nobody wanted to know. Gubby, this is Stanley Rogers. Yeah, it's a great honor, Stanley. I hope you like it. She looked at me across the table I said, don't be a brazen fuzzy She said, do you know who I am? I said, yes, you're hot pussy She said, I don't like lobster I said, don't be so fuzzy She said, do you know what my name is? I said, yes, it's Octopussy. to Quantum of Misses, a James Bond podcast. I'm Christopher, and this is The Misses. Hi, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. We are going through the James Bond films in the same way that ITV schedulers did in the 80s and 90s, by rolling a dice and seeing which one comes up. And the one that's come up this week has been... Octopussy. I don't have to sing it or anything. You do, because we have the Stanley Rogers version. Oh, which you've just Do you me. know what my name is? I said yes. It's Octopussy. So we have to go Octopussy. Okay. Yes. All right. Then. Tell us about it, Fiona. What, the whole film? Any, any bit of it you want. Where well, do you want to start? Well, I think the pre-title sequence would be the best place to start. Okie dokes. Gun battle in place. Rog, looking like your slightly old uncle. I, I can't. Get excited by the gun barrel. I can't say too much about the gun barrel. It, it, <laughs> it looks the same. Well, I'll remind you next time. You've got to watch the gun barrel we're going to speak about. No, because I'm, I'm really struggling to give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we love, Fiona. It's basically the, the record of your own torture. <laughs> so the pre-title sequence, then, that you can give a damn about, presumably. Yes. So, opening shot... I am a Colombian. Oh, Colombian! Well, he's, he's are, they Colombian. Me- are they meant? To, are they meant to be Russian? It's not mentioned. It's never mentioned where well, they are. But I think stereotypical <laughs> Colombian with Colombian cigar mm-hmm. at the races doing Colombian kite leering. Right, I, 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 it's definitely supposed to be some sort of dictatorship. Yes, yes. and he was going to rendezvous in Miami. So one of the suggestions is it might be Cuba, but apparently the the flags look more like Bolivia. But yeah, Colombia's yeah. not far off. Yes. Um, so they were they were very stereotypical of that type, mm-hmm. rather than a particular. And um, then obviously Roger Moore turns up, did uh, reversey reversey with his jacket. Which <laughs> reversey reversey <laughs> reversey reversey, which is kind of quite eighties. And then reversible. Do you, think, you don't think Q invented reversible clothing and then 80s fashion designers just took it up? 
that would See? be quite a big thing. I remember reversible clothes being quite a big thing. Mm-hmm. Although those reversible clothes did look quite, you know, there was quite a lot to them. The mm-hmm. tweed jacket that became a military jacket. I know. Both quite thick fa- I fabrics. Know. But I do like the little uh, quote that the sweat patches that were, would have been on the inside were on the outside after you reversed it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, so and we he, get our first witticism then when he discovers that he's impersonating Commander Toro. Oh, yes, says, which, which means bull. Yeah. And therefore, he said... Sounds like a load of old bull to me. Yes. Um, so he's impersonating Toro, and I particularly loved, as he walked onto the base, mm-hmm. reprimanding the soldier for not having his button done <laughs> up. Well, you just have to uh, pretend to be authoritative from people believe you, yes. you are who you are meant to be are. Um, and then, so obviously he had the woman for the for the sidekick, and she, oh, that's not how, that's much later, but. Yeah, he, um, does, he doesn't last very long successfully impersonating Toro, does he? No, but. He plants his bomb. He plants his bomb, but then the bomb was discovered. Yeah, so, by the real Toro. Yes, so, um, so the mission wasn't hugely successful. However, they did have an escape plan. Mm-hmm. Which was, she was going to flash a bit of leg. And a bit of boob. And all the uh, soldiers are completely unprofessional mm-hmm. and <laughs> take their eye off the prisoner long enough to leer at the woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, James then pulls the uh, release of their parachutes. They go off. People in the front didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, there must have been some uh, joke to him, <laughs> a jeep, didn't he? And then the woman just moves forwards, does the same to the people at the front. Before we get to the people at the front, um, why are they wearing parachutes? When I think they're, they're just on like about... a sort of guard duty. But I, I think they're just about to go on a plane with him. Oh, aren't do you they? think? Yeah. Do you think? Because it is planes that are in this hangar that he was trying to blow up some special plane. Yeah. With a little satellite dish in the cone, in the nose cone. Yes, but. Um... Yes, and then she distracts people at the front. Well, and then he, well, he jumps into her into, car. Uh, into the car. They, they yeah. get rid of that car, and then he releases the trailer from the back of the car, and you think, what's he going to do, do now? It. He's completely stranded, and they're coming for him. That's the thing, duck in this horse box. Yes. Now, I do remember slightly, because I do have some flashbacks to this film, even <laughs> though it was only... Oh, two or three ago. years ago. Oh, two or three years it, ago, yeah. that was it. Um, but not my childhood. But I do remember the horse's ass being not a horse's ass, mm-hmm. and I thought it was some weapon that came out of that. And then I remembered that uh, he has a tiny plane, tiny jet, tiny jet, mm-hmm. um, which he manages to fly away in, and even get rid of a, a torpedo that's following him. He yes. sees a torpedo, which mm-hmm. is quite impressive. Well, he does that by flying through the the, the hangar that yeah. he was supposed to blow up in the first place. Oh, so you think his mission was, that was therefore his, I successful? I think that was his mission, yes. Ah. Oh, that's good, because I kind of got the feeling that he'd left. Unfinished business. Yes. Well, he was supposed to destroy the, the hangar or the plane, but he did both. Yes. So Quite with their own missile, brilliantly. Yeah. But, uh, but his troubles weren't over, because, of course, then he'd run out of fuel. Yes. Now, I did think at some point that, that him all being captured and everything was meant to happen because his escape was so flawless, but, <laughs> but I don't think it was. To test the equipment. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, and then he asks the man to fill him up. Mm-hmm. And, 
Now, so the entire pre-title sequence mm-hmm. has nought to do with the story. Which is the best kind of pre-title is sequence. It? Yes. But they don't even have uh, M saying, oh, well, thank you for finishing that last mission, mission. successfully. Mm-hmm. Here's your next one. Or any kind of tie-in. It's just nothing is said. No, I don't think it's referenced again, which is which no. is the best not, kind of pre-title sequence. Not even sequence. Money Pay Lee nope. says anything about mm-hmm. the horse's ass. So, um... So yes, that was the pre-title sequence. And we're into the titles. Titles. Now, I have one word for the titles. Mm-hmm. And the word is? Blatant. <laughs> That's what we're to see. That's what we're coming to see by now in Bond. Yes, but the women are particularly naked and not in the silhouette type. Well, there are silhouettes there. are there, some silhouettes, But there's yeah. also some blatant naked women. Mm-hmm. Particularly the woman... With this, just the necklace covering her nipples. Mm-hmm. She must have the tiniest nipples. Either that or there's some sort of makeup around her nipples. Yeah, but then you kind of like, are we crossing the divide? I mean, the line is, it cannot show nipples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's made that line? I think there, there must be a sort of censorship element, oh, okay. too, because you don't see nipples. True, you usually don't see nipples in very Should great detail. nipples again? Nipples. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, that was a bit blatant. Um, and I don't like the song. It's not a Bond song. Oh, no, you're wrong. No, you can't like the song. All Time High by Rita Coolidge, lyrics by Tim Rice. It is fab. But it's not written for Bond or anything. Yeah. Is it? It's written specially for this. It doesn't sound like a Bond song. Oh, it does. It does. Well, okay, on on your first hearing, or your first hearing, it didn't. It implies I'm going to hear it again, which I'm not. Well, you've heard it a bit more, because it gets played, the tune gets played through Mm. the incidental music. I don't like the song. Okay, don't like the song. What about the little um, logos of Bond and the octopus? Oh, like being Mm -hmm. projected onto Onto the body, isn't that? Mm -hmm. I I didn't mind that. I also, the whole shooting things out of the guns was quite bondy. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Um, so, no, that was all fine. And what about the bit when there was the, the the sort of picture of Bond and the arms came round like oh, an octopus? Well, I thought that was a bit silly. I thought, oh, no, that doesn't look good. It looks like some sort of creature. And I was like, oh, it's meant to be an octopus. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Hmm. See what they did there. So did you like Stanley Rogers' song better? Was it? Uh, no. No. That wouldn't be better for Octopussy. So we're then into the film itself. Yes. And the reason why nobody mentions Bond's exploits in Latin America, wherever it might be, mm-hmm. is because something serious is happening in East Berlin. Remember East Berlin? Remember East Berlin. Those were the days. Yeah. So yes. And what is happening through East Berlin? What is happening in East Berlin? A clown is running through a forest. Being chased by... Identical twins, wielding knives. Nice throws. Now you think, okay, you're unfortunately dressed like a clown. Uh And you're not going to take time out to get changed. No. But you might try and get rid of the balloons that are attached (laughs) to your body that will go pop at any moment, Uh alerting your pursuers to where you are. To where you are. Uh But no. And he's a double O agent, apparently, we find out later. So you didn't think you'd get but rid he, of the balloons? He did manage to fool them into thinking they'd killed him. Yes. When in fact they'd only wounded him quite substantially. Mm. So he fools them into thinking they'd killed him and, and floats down the river uh, to emerge at the British Embassy. Mm-hmm. De- well, dying. Dying. 
where he crashes through the win- window, and what is in his hand? An egg. An egg. A Fabergé egg. Not a Fabergé egg, a fake, fake Fabergé, Fabergé egg. egg. Which is the key to the whole mission. Okay. So what is Bond? Then Bond arrives at Universal Exports MI6. Uh, and I feel we might have some, I feel we might have some views on Miss Moneypenny and her new assistant. Well. Know how much you love Miss Moneypenny anyway. I love this Miss Moneypenny. This must be my Moneypenny of the my childhood. It's Miss Moneypenny than it was the last film that you didn't like. Yeah, she's more mature. Yeah, but it's just because she's, 20 years older than she was in Doctor No. Well, she's not fawning over him as much as she was in Doctor No. And I had more respect for her in this one. All right, okay. Um, the fact that she, she had a, a new assistant called Smallbone, mm-hmm. that meant to be some kind of small cock reference. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's kind of because it's like, it's one of these names that you're like, that's is that meant to be funny? Is that meant to be, is that funny? Not really. No. Um, and who is a young lady? Who is a young lady? So do you think a young lady? <laughs> you think Miss Moneypenny is being replaced because she's passed it as some kind of well? She, to be frank, a bit like Double O Seven. She's getting pretty close to retirement age, isn't she? <laughs> well, they're better matched, and and it was a bit. Well, I think quite a lot of the. Uh, the women that he was with in this film were far too young for him mm-hmm. because he's far too old. <laughs> he was a sprightly 55 in this film. Yes, that's more than 10 years older than you. He didn't look bad. He didn't look bad at 55. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, you think I'm going to look like that when I'm 55? No, because you don't look like exactly, that Exactly, exactly. So, hats off to Rog and his uh, ability to... To pay off to Rog. Yeah, it's the way it was... I don't know if it's a toupee, I think it just might just be a hair appliances, as they call them. Well, I think there's also a lot of growing your hair long and quaffing it in a way <laughs> that looks like you have more hair. But this is something that I think people of our generation, we don't really have an issue with this, because most films in the 80s, the, the heroes of these films were men who were frankly too old to be the heroes of these films. Yeah. You know, Clint Eastwood was still making films. Yeah, the Star Trek, yeah, they were all like 104 in these films. <laughs> yeah, we were used to old oh. men. Uh, Never an old world. woman. Rarely Until an old Judy woman. Dench. Yeah, rarely an old woman. Fair enough. Um, yes. But uh, oh, just the last thing on the... Because what, what I thought you might object to with the money penny thing was at the end when, he's, when he goes into the office, there's a shot of both... Moneypenny and Miss Smallbone, and they both sigh at him simpleringly, mm-hmm. as if it's like, yeah, you know, across time, literally across the eons, Bond <laughs> is uh, still appealing. Bond is still appealing to women. Mm. Is uh, on a serious note, is Roger Moore in any way, shape, or form appealing to you here? I, only in a kind of nostalgic way, rather than a sexual way. <laughs> <laughs> is that what? You... What would? What would you do if if you went home with this James Bond? Well, what would you hope would happen? That he'd just make you a nice cup of tea? No, no, he's still a James Bond. Does that give him a free pass, however <laughs> old he is? No. All right, anyway, so he goes into M, who uh, gives him his mission, his yes. initial mission, 
initial mission. And his initial mission is... <laughs> very like Sean Connery again. Um, is to... Yeah, he gets told about the egg and that it's a fake egg. Mm-hmm. And the art expert says a few real eggs have come up for sale. And then the real version of this egg is up for sale tomorrow. And M says to Bond... No, you've got that wrong. That's the... Oh, no, that is the fake egg, isn't it? That is the fake egg, yes. That is the fake egg, sorry. Carry on. Um, and M says to Bond, you go with him to mm-hmm. the real sale, and the art expert, yes, we might be able to see who the seller is. That's they, what they're they interested open. in. Where are these eggs coming from? Where are these, well, why are they being sold? They think that the Russians might be selling them just to raise money for some kind of manoeuvre. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of the Russians... Yes, then we get the uh, the scene of the arguing generals, mm-hmm. where the the um, I don't know who he is, the wee the wee general, well, head. Yes, that's General Orlov. General Orlov is arguing for taking over the world. Yes, and military strike, lightning the, strike. The other generals are more thinking in in terms of reality mm-hmm. <laughs> and diplomatic relations and all that kind of thing. So they're they're not all agreeing at all with each other. Did you enjoy Stephen Berkoff's performance as General Olaf? No. Why not? Because I don't like gold telly that goes too slowly. <laughs> he was certainly, I think he was being paid by the syllable. <laughs> so he was making them all count. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so he's he wants them to head into West Germany because all the computers are saying in five days they'll be like uh, the West have not got any chance of retaliating because all the public keep on talking about nuclear disarmament. So they won't even uh, they won't even counter attack counter attack, and they'll take over. I noticed that uh, on the screen. In the sort of dad's army, uh, who do you think you're kidding, Mr. Hitler? But when the yeah. arrows came out, they took over West Germany, uh, Denmark, and Holland in this uh, strike, yes. and presumably Belgium as well. I would have thought. I didn't um, notice the details. So that's what that's. But but uh, Brezhnev, who you know, although he was only ever called the sec- the secretary, was clearly Brezhnev. Um, was saying, no, no, we're not doing this. Don't be stupid. But um, General Orlov looked like a little kid who'd been told to stop doing what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, off we go to the auction. No, we, no. we find that there's a conversation, isn't there, where um, we find out that the egg, that the egg that the clown had, mm-hmm. we, we see the... Um, Knife throwers explaining to Orlov that um, they've lost the fake, basically. No, that's isn't that later on. Oh no, you're right. That is it because he yeah. goes to he goes to the art repository. You're right. You're right. So, um, so yeah, this is when we find out that Orlov is making fakes of the the pieces. And selling the real ones, mm-hmm. but the fakes have to stay for the records mm-hmm. because he's doing it on the sly. Yes. So that makes more sense of why there's a reproduction egg 
Um, but because they've lost the egg and there's going to be an inventory very soon, mm-hmm. they can't reproduce a new one in time. So they have to get the original egg back. So they have to tell their people in the West that yes. they have to bid on that egg and they have to win it. So, but we don't know what Orlov's using the money, presumably the money that's being generated by the sale of these eggs, well, for. This is quite interesting because later on, mm-hmm. we he does say we both get what we want. Mm-hmm. I get uh, no, I get what I want, and you get the original. Yes, implying he's not doing this for the money, or at least that the original is not being sold. No, no, I think the the message is you get the original to sell. But he's mm. not doing this for the money. I think there's some other reason why he's doing this. So what does he get from it? If, he, if he's not getting the money from the sales. Anyway, let's come back to that when we get to that point. In the I know. Uh, so we, now we go to the auction. Now we go to the auction. Yes. And um, there's chat and all that. And then the auction starts. And um, Now that is a lady. The... Uh, Expert says it should go for two hundred thirty thousand something mm-hmm. like that, and then um, just as the bidding was finished, about three hundred thousand, our guy, Camel Khan, Khan, bid on it, and then Bond bid him up, much to the the distress of the art expert next mm-hmm. to him because he might have to fork out half a million for this thing, um, but Bond knew. That Khan had to buy it back, and he wanted to know why. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, well, he didn't say he didn't mm-hmm. know back at that point. But, but he Bond does something it. else. Yes. Important. Now I I did notice that he he had switched the eggs mm-hmm. because he he went to inspect it and kind of pulled it under his um, brochure brochure, and uh, that was an odd mm-hmm. move. So I thought he's just switched them then. So the, it was the fake that got it was the fake that got sold got sold in the end. The fake, which also. Has the fake got the... Not yet. Not yet. Okay, yeah, he's got the real one now. Um, but the switch, next time you watch this film, if you remember, you will, like me, watch him do the switch and see that he absolutely does not do the switch. No, no, I knew you that. You can see the egg at all times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Roger Moore did not learn how to quickly switch no. an egg. Uh, but there's a um, Camel Khan and his nice lady. Off they go and they get followed. Uh, Bond then goes to be torn off a strip by M, which turns into out into being a okay. Then Bond, you were absolutely right in what you did, because as Bond says, he had to buy it, and I want to know why. And so off you go to he and because they were being tailed, they knew that they got on a plane to Delhi, and off goes Bond to India, Taj Mahal, etc. Yes. So, um, and when we get to India, mm-hmm. it is. Every tourist, as I say, Taj Mahal. <laughs> every cliche of India. Every cliche. Um, and the, our, our man in India, India is um, doing snake charming, even though he hates snakes. Yes. And, um, and what, is, what is the code song that he has to play for Bond? So in James Bond world, that, that, it James just, Bond recognises the music too many that we levels. know is the James Bond theme. No, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. It could, of course, be a popular song in James Bond world. 
I like the idea of James Bond World. <laughs> I wonder how their judicial system works. <laughs> it's pretty much like our world, James Bond World, apart from the fact that, you know, there are, you know, things get, the world gets saved every couple of years by this man. That cannot be shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they're 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 in India. They go on putt putts. They see snake charmers. There's people swimming doing in a dirty washing, river. Yeah, do the washing, Ganges, etc. There's elephants. There's crowded streets of people doing fire walking and bed of nails and swallowing mm-hmm. swords and all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Exotic. Mm-hmm. So, but then he goes to Khan's club that the agent, the man in India, happens to be working in. Oh, yeah, so you explained to me that this was come, some kind of famous tennis player. He was, he was. So, once you pointed that out, I, re- I realised it was crammed full of tennis Tennis players. references. So it got so obvious, they actually got a tennis racket out later and <laughs> had the crowd following it one side then the other as if it was a tennis match mm-hmm. it was a bit too blatant it would have been nicer to keep it subtle mm-hmm. uh, if you're going to make the whole Tennessee thing a thing so yes mm-hmm. so yes well then we get to the club the club um, where Khan is playing backgammon with some kind of major mm-hmm. and um, Bond notices that he's got weighted dice or something mm-hmm. Um, so he steps in, uh, when, when the major loses saying, I'll take, I would have taken that hand and, and then swaps the dice mm-hmm. and one wins all the money and Khan is not very happy. All the money, 200,000 rupees. Do you know how much money that actually is? Nowadays or in those days? In 1983. Because you're supposed to think this is like a crazy massive amount of cash. Mm-hmm. 750 quid. Really, but still, that's a lot of money if you're going to throw it into the into a crowd or something like that. Yeah, for that bit later yeah. on, yeah. But like for the, the the fact that Kamal Khan and this major might be playing high stakes, quid, I know, seems a bit mm, to me. But I think it, I think Khan was more upset about losing face than losing mm. seven hundred fifty quid. But yes, maybe that is. But um, but he bugged also. Before he sits down and plays the game, lets uh, the lovely lady know that it's him and he's there to make himself clear that mm-hmm. he's there. Um, but she's not interested in anything, it would appear. At that point. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so he wins the money. And then Khan tells his... To, to kill him. So off with now we get the duck-duck chase. Mm-hmm. And this. many more... Cliches of India, such as sword swallowing, yes, throwing stars. Oh, and then when when Bond is handing out the money, um, mm-hmm. when he leaves the club, he says to second in command guy oh, in yes. India, "Oh, that he's not. He's the, he's the chief guy in India. Or he's like oh, he's head the of chief station, guy. Yeah, yeah, well, the head of station. Yes, that'll keep you in curries for a few weeks because he is a patronising git. And so it's too. It's too uncomfortably stereotypical, isn't it? Um, oh, actually, we did. I didn't mention this other bit of, that's in my different time section. Um, when they arrived at the club, mm-hmm. the first scene was an unnecessarily close-up of an ass in a swimming costume, and she just walked away. 
No worries. I'm great. So it's just it's unnecessary. Um, yeah, so that was um, a bit uncomfortable. Keep you in curries and all that, chaps. Uh-huh. Uh, and then after the after the put well actually the my favourite bit of the put put chase. <laughs> Why don't you call it a put put chase when it's a duck duck chase? They're called put puts in other places. They're called duck ducks. You say duck duck, I say but but. Let's call the whole thing octopusy. <laughs> anyway, my favourite bit of the chase was uh-huh. when he bashed through the advertising because it was just a hole with oh, some yes. paper over it and then a new advertising board came down, came down yes. as if they'd never been there. That was quite mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the whole concept of they might be, their people are in India, mm-hmm. but there's a secret doors and world and everything that they've managed to put into this quite developing country mm-hmm. to try <laughs> and uh, yes. maintain their, their, even the Q-bit was... Over that. I mean, Q complained that he didn't have all their things, but yes, he still... But Q seemed to have been sent... Q and his entire department seemed to have been sent to India solely for the use of Bond. I know. So why were they doing all those experiments with random stuff? Oh, vaguely Indian things, like, uh. a, like an Indian rope trick and a door that crushed people. Which, to be frank with you, I wouldn't have knocked on that door with the big spikes coming out. With it. <laughs> I don't like to look at this. I know. Um... And now I did notice in the cubit when he was showing them, I think that we speak a bit. Oh yes, the, the, the Homer, the Homer and microphone. The, the, the Q like has has a shake going now. Mm-hmm. He's old. He wasn't that old when he did this. How old was he? I don't know. Um, I'll work it out. Seventy, late sixties. That's old. Okay. Sorry, Dad. Um, so, speaking of your dad, there's somebody in this film who I think looks very like your dad. Quite a major character, not James Bond. You don't think Louis Jordan as Camel Khan looks a bit like your dad? No. Ah. Not evil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd be upset with that comparison. No, I don't think he would be, but... But no, you might be right, actually. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. sorry, you were talking about... Is he meant to be Indian? Afghan, exiled Afghan prince, is what they say. Uh, okay, all right, okay, he can pass for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the Q-bit, another... Um, but... <laughs> it's about the lid from your hand to your, back to your uh, <laughs> elbow, isn't it, a Q-bit? Um, yes, there was the unfortunate joke where James Bond just zoomed in on someone's tits for a laugh. Yes, because we've got little little TVs, so he will use that to zoom in on the lady's uh, cleavage. A bit like a certain wedding video. But do you remember that? <laughs> it wasn't ours. I know, we, we obviously can't name names, but a wedding that we were at, a friend of ours filmed the video and ended up because he was concentrating on something else colour levels or sound levels or something basically filming a woman's cleavage for like minutes No, and no, minutes, no, what happened it? was he he was trying to zoom out but he zoomed in by accident oh, right. and so ended up zooming in right on the bride's cleavage <laughs> um, 
anyway. Um, yes, so that's my all I have to say about the cubit. Okay, he gives him the mini Homer thing that they're going to put inside the egg. real Faberge egg that mm. they have. Um, he gives him the... No, 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 let me... No, 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 yeah. No. No, yes, no. Bond swapped the real egg that was for sale with the fake egg that 009 had brought from brought to East Germany. So the fake egg went with Khan. Khan had the fake egg. So Bond had the real egg that he took to India that Q put the... Um, device in. Device in. Listen, device in. We'll um, come back to the real egg in a minute. In a few scenes time. Yeah. I, sorry, I didn't realise that was the real egg that had the device There's in. also the acid pen. So it burns through metal. Mm-hmm. And... The little... Uh, oh, the little microphone, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, can I just say, mm-hmm. the watch is a bit shit. Would have been state-of-the-art back in 1983... I know, but compared to the the one you've got, <laughs> this lovely watch. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, which is the newer one, isn't it? Yeah. But I can't remember. Even Sean Connery had a decent watch. Yeah, but then remember, in the in the seventies and eighties, we fucking love digital watches. They're the most amazing thing in the world. Yeah, but it did look rubbish. You think at least a leather <laughs> strap or something? <laughs> I thought it looked all right. The Seiko watch. Mm. Anyway, and it it, it, it's, it can trace where the bug that's in the egg now is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. So off we go then. He also repairs his jacket in double quick time. Or oh, some woman does. Some woman does. Karen, I think her name was. Hats off to Karen. Um. So what happens after that? You've got. You seem to have a good. Okay. So then they um. There's the shagging scene. <laughs> oh, the shagging scene. Well, he goes back to his hotel and he's told that. His guest is waiting for him. He's yes. Book a table. Uh, I was just going back to read the mini bar. Uh, <laughs> but it is Magda, the lady from the auction, who is Camel Khan's sidekick. Um, who now she says, see, she gets a photograph taken a Bond, mm-hmm. and he says, "This guy's Khan not going to remember what I look like." And she goes, "It's for me, for my scrapbook. I collect." Memories. And I thought that was kind of going to be some sort of weird um, quirk of her personality that, you know, she took photographs of everybody that she killed or something like that. She had this weird scrapbook, yeah. but it never really comes back again. I think it's everyone she shagged. All right, okay. She, she was basically saying, I'm going to shag you, and this is my keepsake. I see. Which indeed she then did. Mm-hmm. Because, and after which she needed refilling. Or it might just have been about her glass. There was very know. much, it's particularly tongue in cheek, mm-hmm. the, the way that he go, he. <laughs> I don't know where the tongue He doesn't is. like look at the camera, but it's almost like, you know, he kind of looks into the middle distance and shakes he, his head he, yes, as if he realises what he was thinking. He's going to kind of look up, look side, look back. Yeah. Go, you know what I'm thinking about. <laughs> I'm thinking of shagging her again. And um, and it also he did that again. Oh, that's my little octopus. She's got a tattoo. Yes. Of an octopus, and she says that's my little octopusy, and he went. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh. Did you all get that? Um. So yes. So they did the shagging. 
Then she steals... Blatantly steals. I mean, not even... In front of a mirror as well. I know. <laughs> the Fabergé egg. Obviously, he's wanting her to steal the Fabergé egg. So this is the real egg with the microphone in it. Yes. And she does do quite a cool thing mm-hmm. by tying her sari to the railings and then just falling off in some kind of circus aerial style. Mm-hmm. Um, so she ends up getting into the, the car in her pants. Yes, that Camel Khan has... Is there. So he also is happy for Bond to know that he knows that Bond knows that he knows. And also, and you know that he knows. we're all knowing that they shagged. Yes. And Bond is, is looked down and nodded at Khan as if mm-hmm. I know that you've got my egg. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, yeah. Yep. So, but they did that so that they could trace where they take the egg to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but he gets captured. Yes, how does he get captured? The um, turban man goes, Ka-ha! Uh-huh. Sorry, that was in, a in, in the hotel. In the hotel. Well, yes, in the hotel. In the hotel. And when he comes to... He is in the castle on the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. But before he comes to, we see Khan being rowed across the monsoon in with the boat full of women. The mon- the monsoon is right. a weather system. I know, that's not right. What do you call a lake? There's a lake that sounds a bit like that, isn't it? He's a roller across a lake. What am I thinking of? Anyway, <laughs> uh, he's a across the lake. What am I thinking? <laughs> Can't think. Um, he's a across the lake uh, in this boat of women who row him, where he has an audience with an unseen female person. Oh, yes. He's obviously octopusy. Um... She says, do you know what my name is? <laughs> um, and, yes, yeah, so he says, it's all right, we've got the egg back, and this rogue that had it uh, likes a lot of adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he wanted to blackmail us. And, and she, she says, I don't like the fact that he knows enough to, follow, to, to, to find us to here. Find us here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says his name, James Bond, and she reacts as if she knows yes. him. Well, but we still got a finger acting there because yes. she is feeding her octopus at that point. Yes. And she stops feeding it. And we know, oh, that means something I know, to you. Because we still have, we've seen a bit of hair and, and, mm-hmm. and bits of her, but we haven't seen a face mm-hmm. or anything still. Um, and he says, don't worry, we've got him. Mm-hmm. So does she say don't kill him? No, she says kill him. Oh, yes. And he says... We've got to find out what he knows first. Yeah. Like where he, who sent him and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So then we go back to the palace and... So it's interesting that for all Kamal Khan's influence and power, etc., he doesn't know who MI6's people in India are. Because he's seen Bond with VJ mm-hmm. and the head of the station. Yeah, that's true. But they haven't put two and two together and gone, this guy's a British agent. Mm. Yeah. So, but then Bond wakes up because they've come back, they come back to the Monsoon Palace. That is what they're, that is what his castle thing is called. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Bond knows now that the egg is nearby, mm-hmm. but he ain't allowed out of his room. No, he's very much guarded. Mm hmm. Can we just rewind briefly to when he went when he came into the hotel and the woman that showed him to his room so was offering herself on a plate to him? Mm-hmm. Anything at all? 
anything, including shagging. We could do shagging now. And he's like, you're all right, love. Maybe later. Maybe later. Yeah. Anyway, back to the monsoon palace. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've got escape at the next bit. Is that the next thing to talk about? Oh, no, because we've got to have dinner yet. Oh, sorry, I've said dinner. He gets taken to dinner. He gets taken to dinner. Well, he's basically told he's going to be drugged and pumped for information. And, and brain damage. That, yeah, that's going to affect it. Yeah, so he, he's not enamoured with that plan. Um, and then he gets served a sheep's head. Indian cliche number 600. I was going to say. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's kind of like showing that India is some kind of barbaric country or something. Which whereas, is uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, whereas like stuff like eating snails and that kind of thing is like, oh, that's a delicacy. But sheep's heads are... Mm. Yeah. So, um... So yes, he gets so sheep's head. Now can we talk about the escape? Yes, now he escapes. So he he uses his acid pen, acid pen to break the bars in his room, and then he climbs out and um, climbs around the um, building. Mm-hmm. And just as he's doing that, a helicopter arrives, mm-hmm. conveniently showing him that the Soviet helicopter, Soviets are linked with this. Mm-hmm. So he follows them into the place and listen in to the conversation now she seems to um know that he's doing that she seems to see him going down the stairs doesn't and she? be pleased about it yeah so i'm it's making me think is she actually being kept against her will or something mm-hmm. and wanting him to succeed don't know or um is she just pleased that she saw it so she could scupper him later but then she also and it's not clear if this is deliberate or not she uses the hairdryer, which interferes with yeah. his listing device. So maybe that's, she's pleased she's seen him and therefore can do something to stop him. Mm-hmm. But how would she know that he has a listening device? True, true. I think maybe that's just a coincidence. So still a question mark there that we need to yeah. come back to. But he listens into their conversation. Yes, finding out that um, they're behind it and they're making fakes and... Yes, that's interesting because they are making fakes in the Monsoon Palace. Yes. Which is, weren't we somewhere else? Oh no, that was the the fakes they, back in Soviet places. Yeah, that was the Kremlin Art Repository yeah. we were in before. Because two guys, I don't think this is very, this is very obviously done. Two guys are told to take these fakes into the waiting helicopter. Mm-hmm. And the next thing we see of them is their bodies hanging in the cold oh, store. Oh, is that the same people? Yeah, and there is a, there is a very brief line about, uh, Orlov says, um, can they be trusted? And, uh, Kamal Khan says, don't worry, I take care of everything. Don't worry, I take care of everything. Something like that. And Kana nods to Gobinda. And the uh, next thing we see is them hanging on the hooks. No, I, yeah, I, th- I thought, cause I was like, oh, oh, right. Oh, and he did say that. Um, so it's not clear really there if the egg is there or an egg is there. Which they then smash up. Orlov smashes up saying this fake. But that was the real enough. egg. I know, but he, he obviously doesn't know that's the real egg. He, unless, of but course, then, that. But then Khan winches, uh, not winches, uh, winces. winces. Okay, well, what about this then? Now, here's the story, right? Orlov told Khan that he had to buy back the real egg, right? Mm-hmm. And then he came to India to get the real egg. 
by which time Khan had already made a fake egg, which he gave to Orlov. So that was in the in the jewels that was taken to the helicopter. So here's the a fake. So here's the. But why would the fake be there? So the Orlov's like, and then look, this is the fake, not the real egg. Well, Orlov certainly thinks it's the fake. Because he smashes it. Or unless he wanted to smash the real thing. No, because he says this fake has caused enough trouble as mm. it is, and smashed it. But as you say, Khan does. Khan's so unless Khan was trying to double cross him somehow. Mm. But because the egg got smashed, mm-hmm. Khan saw that it was bugged. Yes. He picked up the bugs, yes. but he didn't show that to Olaf. No, no. So, um, so that's something that that Khan mm-hmm. has. And meanwhile, um, James hides in the freezer. Mm-hmm. Um. Which Gobinda notices is slightly open. Yeah, so he goes to look at him, doesn't see James, but comes out and locks mm-hmm. the door. So he's now stuck in the freezer. I think there's a bit of a mis- I think there's a bit of an error there in that we don't see how James hid from Gobinda. I would like mm. to have seen that. Mm. But anyway, yeah, so James is now locked in the freezer. Um, wondering how to get out and all that when the guys come to take the two dead bodies away, wraps them up, takes one out, and then obviously James puts himself in that wrappings mm-hmm. to be taken out. The second time. Because by this time, they think Bond has escaped and they are going to chase him with their elephants as part of their tiger hunt. Yes. Not knowing. And that's where Bond really puts himself in hand away here because he should really have just stayed in the freezer a little bit longer and they wouldn't be chasing him. Yeah, but he he would have been re- remain logged in. Did they lock the door again behind them? I'm Possibly. Sure, yeah. Uh, anyway, he then... Comes back to life. Comes back to life, scares okay. the guys. Ooh, which is quite funny. <laughs> yeah. And off he goes. And but he's spotted straight away. Yeah. Um, uh, and then they, they, he's like a human hunter. Target. And first of all, he runs into your favourite things. Spiders. Spiders. Big spiders. Big spiders on him that he had to then squish mm. goo coming at them. And the point at which we decided spiders we and tigers, oh well. take our break for the news... Um, was when the tiger was about to attack him. Do you think he'll win? Think he'll survive? I don't think he's going to die at this point. No? No. Okay. There's plenty more films. What if there was one film where he did die? And, like, the rest of the film was about him being dead. I oh, know, he's never going to die, is he? Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, so, have you enjoyed the first Half of Octopussy. Yes. Good. Do you want to know what else you could have watched? You've just said it. What? You haven't sung it. Oh, Octopussy. (laughs) Do you want to know what else you could have watched? No. You do? Good. Well, Octopussy (laughs) premiered on the 30th of January 1988 at uh, quarter past seven on the ITV channel. Uh, so, on BBC One at the same time, you could be watching Bob's Full House. It's a, it's a cracking BBC One Saturday night lineup here, by the way. Bob's Full House, followed by the Paul Daniels Magic Show, uh, followed by Bergerac, uh, and then News and Sport. BBC Two uh, had a report from the SDP conference where they decided to join the Liberal Party and become a Liberal Democrat. Historic moment. Uh, then the Human Voice. Last of three programmes featuring the great voices of today. This, in fact, was Jesse Norman. Uh, and then a repeat of Tutti Frutti. What's your thing? Uh, on uh, Channel 4, you could have been watching the Channel 4 News and Seven Days. 
then a year with the British Royal Family. I think I know which channel your TV would have been tuned to, Fiona. Do you think? My parents don't particularly like the Royals. Mm, don't they? But this is interesting. Amen. The first episode of a brand new American comedy series. Deacon Fry hires a new minister hoping to improve church attendance, but faces a reverend who is willing to stand up to him. This American comedy series stars Little Richard. <laughs> Brilliant. And then uh, the fourth part of a dramatisation of South Riding. But um, I want to draw your attention to something that's on at two o'clock in the morning. That you happen to see on this page. Mm-hmm. Two men in a wardrobe. In this short film, two workmen emerge from the sea bearing a huge piece of furniture. They dance around it and then carry it to a nearby town. But no one wants the gentle pair or their wardrobe. Black and white. Fancy it? You really want to see that, don't you? <laughs> it's an early film by Roman Polanski. Uh, it's going to be weird as hell. Just to, to uh, spoilers, they eventually go back into the sea with the wardrobe. It's only 15 minutes long. Did you look it up after seeing it? I then? did, <laughs> yes. But when I watched Octopussy... What year was that? That was the 3rd of May 1993, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you could have been watching on BBC Two World Snooker, except you couldn't have been. Because in that particular World Snooker Championships, Stephen Hendry had won his third world title by beating Jimmy White in the afternoon. So they must have shown something else in the evening. I wonder what it might have been. Have you not found out? No. Oddly enough, that kind of stuff is not easily... If you know... Dear listeners, do let us know. know. Right, but, but on BBC One... The Children's Royal Variety Performance. Oh, who'll be on that in 1993? A magical musical mystery adventure held in the presence of Her Royal Highness the Princess Margaret in aid of the, in aid of the NSPCC. Join Billy Pierce as Billy Jones, Indiana's younger brother, on a quest to recover a rare ruby stolen from the depths of the British Museum. The reward to the person returning it to its rightful place is power beyond their wildest dreams. Taking part in this fun-packed extravaganza. Ah, take that! Philip Schofield, Bobby Dabro, Leslie Grantham, Dirty Den, Gordon Kay, Renee from Willow Willow, Ron Lucas with Scorch the Dragon. Do you remember Scorch the Dragon? It was like yeah, a ventriloquist thing. Uh, Rolf Harris, Little and Large, Jimmy Cricket, Sonia, Bill Oddy, Shane Ritchie, Ali Bongo, Shahid Malik, presumably the musician, not the uh, substitute, not the man who later became the. Uh, Secretary of State for International Development and the Acromaniac. They are also highlights from the Royal Ballet's performance of the Tales of Beatrix Potter, introduced by Andy Peters. <laughs> it could be more. Could 19- be more 1993 <laughs> if it tried, could it? Uh, and uh, half past eight, Overboard, starring Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. So, Octopussy or the Children's Royal Variety performance and Overboard. Octopussy. Octopussy wins. All right then. So, do you have anything else that you want to talk about this first half of? Octopussy. No. No. All right, then, in that case, uh, all that remains to be said is uh, that Quantum of Misses will continue after the news. (laughs) 